Welcome back in listeners to another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings. We are joined by a familiar face. The programs manager at Indie Space, Vashante Brown, is joining us to talk about Indie Space and the Howard Gilman Foundation's upcoming new grant, The Little Venue That Could. Applications are available from May 15th through June 26th, and you can find the application and more information about this at IndieSpace.org, or you can email them at hello at IndieSpace.org. In the meantime, Vishante, welcome back to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. So glad to have you back. I'm so glad to be back. This was such a fun time last time. <laughs> I loved having you here. And I always love having Indie Space on our program because I feel like you just keep one-upping yourselves with what comes next, with what you're doing for the arts. <laughs> you were all, you are back here again. And we are talking about this great resource, the little venue that could. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So the little venue that could regrant is a collaboration between Indie Space and the Howard Gilman Foundation that has been a long time in the making from the first like little whispers of something to us now being ready to show it to you has been a labor of love as we this is a slightly different type of grant for Indie Space and a slightly different type of grant for the Gilman Foundation and so we really had to collaborate to figure out the ways in which we could do this in a way that honored both organizations. So the little venue that could grant is unrestricted funds for two years for theater and dance venues that have annual budgets for le- that are less than $750,000. Those are the people broadly or organizations broadly who are eligible for this grant. And the grant itself is 10 a minimum of 10 grants given that are $10,000 for two consecutive years. So the, for a total of $20,000 given out over the course of two consecutive fiscal years and automatic access to our advisory and consulting program, a real estate advisory program from Indie Space. And yeah, that's that's like the big over broad thing that it is. <laughs> That is incredible. What an incredible opportunity. That That is Christmas morning for a lot of theaters. Now, this is a partnership with the Howard Gilman Foundation, which is really exciting. How did the two of you, Indie Space and the Howard Gilman Foundation, come up with the idea for this grant? Well, Indie Space works with the Howard Gilman Foundation as they are are they are grantors to our organization, and so we have a relationship starting out that way. But they are also just really big fans of us, just like we are big fans of them. And it really did come out of a really organic conversation of wanting to solve, quote unquote, solve a problem or begin this, find solutions to a problem that both organizations knew to be true, but neither organization on our own could really fix fully. And from there, in that really casual conversation, it's like, wait, are we doing this? And then it went from that, wait, are we doing this to like, yeah, we're doing this. Like, how did we actually make it happen? And then, yeah, from there, we have been, the actual application and grant process itself 
in development has been about two and a half months to give you a little bit of a, a idea. But again, that is because of the new grant process for both organizations. Amazing. Working with the Howard Gilman Foundation and putting this solution together, what has it been like developing the grant, putting it together, starting to get the word out and all of that? So it has been a really interesting, really interesting. So once we figured out that, you know, Indie Space wanted to take this on and we had our initial talks with the uh, Gilman Foundation, we realized because of the way that we were going to have to run this application, which is a little bit different from the ones we've done in the past, um, that we were going to need help. And so we have enlisted the help of Alejandro Cifuentes Consulting, who is this amazing, amazing, amazing consultant that we had who has really helped us throughout the entire way of really developing what it means to do something of this scale, both of the scale of the amount of money that we are giving giving away, but also the amount of scale necessary to to do this in a way that is sustainable and good and transparent and all the things that we believe, we really we, we really wanted to give it time and the space and the energy that it needed to have. So we figured out that and then then started working on all the things that we know to be true, all the things that Indie Space knows that we believe in when it comes to these type of things. So who are the people that we prioritize? What are the things that we think are really important in terms of the ways in which our applications exist in, this, in space? Things like that. We went back and forth a little bit. There was a lot of learning on, on all sides. The wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing about working with the Gilman Foundation, though, is that they are fans of us. They believe in our mission. And while they work a little bit differently than us, they believe of what, what we do and the simplicity and the transparency that is integral to our organization. And so they let us kind of have free reign in a lot of ways as we like try to do the the hard bit to figure it out and, and offer support when we asked for it. And I think it worked. <laughs> I really do think that it worked. But yes, that's why I, I say we like, it was a labor of love. It was a lot of going back and forth, really confronting things that we thought we knew and things that we didn't think we knew. And it was, it's been really cool. <laughs> Now, if I can go back to, you mentioned that the application process and whatnot is a little bit different than normal. If I remember when selecting applicants for grants, it's all very transparent and everything, but you tend to give favor to people who are less represented in the theater, BIPOC people, in uh, uh, indigenous people, that kind of thing. What is different with this grant compared to that in the process, if I can yeah. ask? Okay, so to to assuage any fears, that's still the same because that is something that is integral to indie spaces okay. and understanding. That is something that we will never want to to compromise, and we were never asked to compromise. So that is still the same. The difference of it is a, some technical stuff, really. So it's a longer application because it's a, it's a lot more money. Uh, there's a lot more information that we need from the applicant that we don't usually ask um, for other people. So it's a longer application process that in which you have to upload things like your last year's annual budget and things like that. The other part that makes it a little bit different is that all of our other applications are straight lotteries 
even our weighted lotteries. And so when I, as a progress manager, are, is looking at someone's application for, say, our mental health grant, it's a lot of very objective information. Do you work in the theater? Can I see a resume? Yes and yes, you're in it, right? This one, we are asking of a, for a narrative portion. And the reason that we're asking for a narrative portion, which is by definition more subjective, is because we are enlisting a group of six New York City indie theater artists, indie theater and dance artists, excuse me, to be a part of our artist committee, our, that which will review the narrative portions of that thing. And that is because, A, we are increasing our, our scope of people who we help. We usually only help theater people. And Randy and I are both theater artists who understand theater first and foremost. As soon as we knew that we were going to add dance people, we knew that there was going to have to be other voices in the room. And we want to make sure that it is as fair as possible. And so if one person is determining the entirety of someone's getting a grant, again, that really goes against what we do. So all that to say, <laughs> in something like our mental health grant, you there the different weights that you can have, you can either have a one, a two, or a three. And those are based off of those criteria that we outline on our website. For this one, you can have anywhere between a one and a 13. And that, that's because they're those, those narrative questions, which are each ranked between one and three, each by themselves. And then of all six people, it is then mathematically like averaged together and you get one gorgeous number. And that is the number that you're weighted at as. So yes, that's a little bit of difference, but we're still, we're still doing the weighted lottery and yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Who do you hope have access to this grant? I'm going to be a broken record. I hope whoever has access to this are the people who need it. I'll always say it. I'll always say it. I'll always say it. We thought really heavily about the eligibility process or eligibility things for this grant of the things that you had to be in order to be eligible. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> and we did that on purpose because we really wanted to focus on the people who historically are excluded from major funding usually. And so therefore, if you can look at that list of eligibility requirements and you know that you hit every single one of those, apply. Please just apply. It's a it's it's unrestricted funds, which is, you know, not the most common thing. And it is for two consecutive years, you know. We really want wanted it to to be a like significant thing. And we really wanted to make sure that that money went to people who really needed it. So if you look at the eligibility and you're like, wow, that's really describing me, apply. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Say that one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> well, finally, for this first part, I want to ask, what is the message or thought that you are hoping listeners of our conversation will take away? that there are people and organizations that care about you and your ability to do what you do. You know, there, there, there are 
reasons to believe that like, oh, I'll never be able to get this grant and I'll never be able to do something and all these things. And I totally understand it, but I, I hope that people are a little bit like, feel feel pretty good about knowing that there are people who are still, you know, working towards helping them. second half of the interview we'd love to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better and of course yes. you are returning for for a second time <laughs> um so i do want to mix up the questions a little bit okay i want to start by asking how did you get into the theater well that's a really interesting question okay so you know listeners may remember so i'm from mississippi and my mom has uh, four children and she always required that all of her children be in both a sport and an artistic something or another. And I have a twin brother. And when you grow up with a twin, you really don't want to be in the same things <laughs> as them after a certain amount of time. And so my brother is an amazing singer. I cannot sing at all. And so so he did choir and I started doing theater. The very first play that I was ever in was something called the 15-minute Hamlet. I was in it in seventh grade. I played a variety of, of characters, including the grave digger and the queen. It was very fun. It was like, it's one of those, like, you know, abridged Shakespeare things. And I got the bug after that. I don't know. I, I It was one of those things that no one thought that I was going to do. I was an incredibly shy child. Very, very quiet. I loved reading a lot, but like the ability to speak in front of people was just something that I, that I was just never going to do. And there, and I remember so distinctly the like, loving the rehearsal bit of it because rehearsal was the time in which everyone was talking about what we were reading <laughs> which was which were plays but I was like oh we were like really diving as much as like a seventh grader can really diving into the story and da, 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 da. and then like really getting into that and then going oh I don't know how to like be in front of people and then like learning that everyone's faking it. <laughs> what is the, everyone's pretending. If you know what you're doing, quote unquote, if you're given direction and like the words to say and the blocking to do it, then you can just pretend the rest and then everyone claps at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems so silly, but it is exactly how my brain went to it. And like, I had known theater, like people who were in theater, I had seen theater, but like not from New York. So it wasn't like I always knew Broadway was there. You know, there were no theaters in Mississippi. So like there was not large, but I the act of performance was there you know I grew up in a spaces in which like storytelling or like music big bands gospel church plays things like that in which like yes there's a I understood the language of performance before I knew what theater performance was oh I love that <laughs> everything that I'm good at now everything that I'm good at now I'm good at because of that of that of 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 Mrs. Jordan during the, doing the 15 minute Hamlet like that like I'm good at what I do now I'm good at public speaking I play D&D &D. I'm good at like improv I'm good at all of it because someone said hey 
you you shy quiet kid what if there was something else you could do that still tickled all your brain muscles and made you feel good about learning stuff and also gave you skills that you didn't already have so feel great (laughs) shout out to mrs jordan all the theater (laughs) educators out there yes Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Oh, uh, I have seen some really great theater. The great theater I would recommend is not no longer showing. Unfortunately, last weekend I saw I saw a piece of theater that I see a lot of theater because of my job and also because it's my love. I see a lot of theater. I saw a piece of theater that like gave me the tingles three minutes in and then consistently gave me the tingles throughout it. I was like, you have to be kidding. <laughs> which was a play called Move, and I'm forgetting the playwright, but it was done by one of my friends here in Philadelphia for a limited run, and it was beautiful. It's based off of the idea of, like, Gaelic keening and then other, like, cultural mourning through through vocals, so singing and things like that, chants, everything like that, and it was just a beautiful production that made me remember that, like, this is how I know it was a great production. I stopped analyzing the form. I stopped being an academic about it and I let myself feel for an hour and I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Here it is. It's moved by Julia Tadevin, T-A-U-D-E-V-I-N. I I really appreciate theater that is kind of rooted in non-Western or non-traditional theater styles. Anything that like brings in other cultures, other understandings of storytellings, of narratives, of non-traditional narratives. I love it. And it's just because it's something different than I see. When you see a lot of theater, you sometimes you, it can become formulaic, you know? It's like, I know you're going to sing the I Want song right now because we're two sets, we're two songs from the, from the act break. Like it gets, so when things break formula, I get really excited. <laughs> well, what changes are you most looking forward to in the theater, whether they be like immediately or long-term? I think that I look forward to the day that it is not a surprise when productions are safe and equitable and diverse. Like when that is just like, of course it is, why wouldn't it be? Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. Cause right now, for good reason, we really laud the productions that it comes out that like, oh, no one was traumatized during the production of it and everyone was paid correctly and it's telling a cool story. We're like, oh my goodness, everyone should see it. And they should. But I'm really, I'm like really excited for the day where it's like, yeah, that's what theater is, you know. <laughs> and then because because I will always harp uh, harp on the drum of storytelling is is a bunch of different forms, and theater trying to be one thing is never going to work. I really look forward to the time in which theater really can figure out its relationship to film and do it in a way that honors both art forms and is not someone trying to fit around a square peg into a round hole. And the time in which something like really and truly can be synonymous or not synonymous, but like have a relationship that honors both of them. Yeah. Wrapping things up. Mm -hmm. What is another one of your favorite theater memories? Ooh. Can I give you a silly one? Yes. Oh my gosh, please. 
Okay, the first time that I ever cried, silly, the first time I ever cried in theater. (laughs) So I did competitive theater, which I have a lot of thoughts about competitive theater. I did competitive theater in Mississippi. And when I was a junior in high school, I went to the national competition, which is it was in Nebraska. And the first time I ever cried in theater was when I was watching a production of of Mice and Men. And the very funny thing is that like I knew what happened at at the end of Mice and Men because I read the story. But I was looking around this like really large house towards the end of it and realized that no one did. Like there was just most people had no idea what was going to happen. And so no spoilers to a story that was written, you know, a couple decades ago but um as the end is starting to happen you could kind of start to feel people looking around of like wait wait and then the big moment happens and a girl pulls out like a, a roll of toilet paper and just starts passing it down because everyone is crying <laughs> and I just was like oh she knew it was happening at the end of the story even though none of her friends did. <laughs> she was like well I'm prepared I know what I'm doing <laughs> She understood the assignment. Exactly. And so I just, I will always remember her and her roll of toilet paper that she just passed down the the, the line of of the, the house going like, so yeah, it's really sad. She knew the cue line. Tell me about the rabbits. Exactly. Oh, there you go. You're going to need, You're gonna need this. this in a second. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> and that is, yeah. I, I've yet to see the stage version of that play but the movie just oh my gosh that killed me yeah it was it's a oh. really good it's a really good story it's a really fun story and you know it's one of those stories that people it is it is kind of people's like idea of theater you know you sit in a, it's that sit in a room you know type of theater and it still is so emotionally like cathartic at the end and that's how i know that all theater can exist and there doesn't have to be an either or yes <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> yeah, it's so tragically beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Are there any other projects or grants, productions, or anything you or Indie Space have coming on the pipeline we can plug? Like, as always, we still have some of our ongoing grants going on. The big thing that we have is that on June 28th at the Culture, La- Culture Lab LIC, Indie Space will be having its first anniversary party. So last year, Indie Space in in the Indie Theater Fund married. We became one big, great organization um, rather than two. And we, you know, we did that, you know, legally, but we also did it in a as a party (laughs) and we want to celebrate with more and more really cool people um june 28th and there will be more information about that on our website indiespace.org it's gonna be really really cool we're gonna have like live music we're gonna have food and we're gonna have an artist who is going to be making like live uh visual art while we are there it's gonna be just really really cool Um, and it's it's our paper anniversary so we are asking that like you know you come and you support us with some paper yes bring your cash bring your checks (laughs) or just bring you and your wonderful (laughs) bodies and space and and souls and 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 just be ready to have some fun but yeah Yeah. that information will be going out probably in the next day or two on our website well fine we have our listeners want more information about the little venue that could grant 
or about indie space, about you, maybe they'd like to get a hold of you. What are the best ways to do all that? So the best way to get more information about anything is going to be indiespace.org, or you can email us at hello at indiespace.org. <laughs> um, and then for the little venues that could, we are doing three information sessions. Our two online ones will be May 25th and May 30th. And then our in-person one will be June 15th at Six Space at the Signature Theater. Those are open. You can come and ask questions. You can come and get more information. And at the in-person one, you can also come and we can, you know, help you do the application if you want, if you need help as well. All, all that information, again, is on the website. And then you would just RSVP by emailing hello at indiespace.org. That is amazing. Well, Vashanti, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me once again about another incredible program that you in and Indie Space and the Howard Gilman Foundation have come up with to support incredible artists here in the New York area. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure. My guest today has been Vishante Brown, who is the programs manager over at Indie Space. And we were talking about Indie Space and the Howard Gilman Foundation's new little venue that could grant, which the application is available May 15th through June 26th. You can find the application and more information by visiting indiespace.org or send them an email at hello at indiespace.org. If you are a artist organization who qualifies, definitely make sure that you fill this application out. Put yourself in to qualify for this great grant. Two consecutive years of $10,000 funding. I mean, that is incredible. So make sure you check out the little venue that could grant by Indie Space and the Howard Gilman Foundation. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, Keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One sang the praises of Cape. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.